Women Taking the Lead, episode 105. Trust your gut. The times that I did not trust my gut, and this still holds true today, uh, I have paid for it dearly. So on so many levels. So if you have something that's going on in your business that, you know, your gut is just, there's something there's in the pit of your stomach that you don't feel right about, stop. And until you figure out, until that feeling goes away, because your gut is telling you that for a reason. I think women are highly intuitive, more intuitive than men, and we're able to pick up on things that most people don't pick up on. So follow that instinct. It's there for a reason. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Kerry Heaps, who is the founder and president of Kerry's Network Incorporated, a marketing organization that provides business-to-business marketing services. She's also the host of Strictly Marketing Talk Radio and publisher of Strictly Marketing Magazine. And the magazine has recently spun off to an online community for Strictly Women in Marketing, and this is for women and men looking to gain more media exposure. Kerry also has a part ownership in other businesses in the fashion and beauty industry. Her passion is to help other entrepreneurs with their marketing efforts to continue their dream of running a successful business. Okay, Carrie, that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, thank you, Jody. Thank you again for having me on the show today. I'm very excited to be here with you and with your listeners. Um, to kind of give you a little bit of background on on me, I have a pretty interesting story, background story about how I started my business and uh, my background as well. So I'm going to kind of start at the very beginning uh, prior to starting my business. Um, most people don't know, but I am a former model and actress. I modeled when I was very young in my late teens, early 20s, and always had an interest in the modeling and acting industry. I uh, worked in that for a couple of years. And after that, I went into working in the corporate arena where I worked a variety of different jobs. I worked uh, as an executive level admin assistant in the construction industry. I worked as a legal assistant for a law firm. Um, I also uh, worked in a couple of different other type uh, related positions that were in the administrative field. Uh, They were all great jobs. They really were. They were still the type of job back then. And I would say so now that most people, when they get a job like that, They want to keep it. They want to hang on to it. And, you know, just a great position, uh, you know, definitely something that uh, I was very skilled at, very good at, but it was just never the right fit. Um, I grew up in an entrepreneurial home. My father was an electrician. And I think growing up in that type of environment, you know, where you have uh, parents who it's flexible, you know, they can come and pick you up from school. Uh, They don't have to ask anybody permission to take the day off to spend the day with you or, you know, to uh, carpool or, or, you know, pick you up. Or if you're sick at school, they can stop what they're doing in the middle of the day and and pick you up. So I think growing up in that environment, it really kind of... uh, gave me those blinders that I felt that's what, you know, work life should be like. And, you know, when you work in the corporate arena, it's not like that. Um, So I really kind of went from job to job. Um, 
I started teaching part-time in my mid-20s, modeling and acting classes, which I really enjoyed. And one of the places that I taught at, they had an opening for a sales representative. And a friend of mine said to me, uh, you know, why don't you apply for that? You would be great at it. And I'm like, oh, no, I've never done sales. You know, I'm not that kind of person. I don't think I would do well at it. Well, long story short, I did apply for it and I excelled at it. I did a wonderful job. It was a, it was an inside sales position, but it was one of those jobs that it was all commission. So if I didn't sell, I didn't eat. <laughs> um, so it really was a, a great fit. It was selling a product and a service that I really was passionate about. And not long after that, I, I started realizing, you know, I really, I want to have my own business. I want to have my own um agency, you know, do color analysis, color consulting, you know, do something within the modeling industry, teach on my own. Um, Because of course, still even in a sales related environment, I'm like, I know I have a better way of doing this. So uh, I actually relocated uh, to Orlando for a short period of time. And, you know, during that year, I took a job working in the staffing industry, uh, doing high level accounting, IT and clerical positions, uh, you know, helping people get placed in in certain jobs and also going out there and finding job orders. So uh, during that time period, I set a goal for myself. I'm like a a year from now, I want to have my own business. So I started working part time. Uh, the reason I did that, I actually went to a uh, women's, it was Alliance for Women in Business, or it was basically a nonprofit organization that helped women that wanted to start their own business. And I remember I went to them and I said, look, I want to start my own uh not agency, but, you know, something in the modeling industry where I can teach classes and I can do color consulting and I really need to get a business loan. And both of the women that I spoke with told me, oh, no, you're, you're not going to get a loan. And, you know, your business is probably going to fail within the first two years. Um, you don't have enough capital. There's just there's just no way this is going to happen. And I remember thinking, OK, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So I thought I'm going to work part time for the year and that's how I'm going to get the money to, you know, the seed money to start my business. And that is exactly what I did. Uh, I worked part time in the evenings and uh, I worked at my day job, you know, during the day. And during that time frame, my job really had me out doing a lot of networking. Um, I had to attend a lot of trade shows for the staffing company. So I found during that time frame, I had a knack for bringing people together, you know, connecting people, connecting the right people. And yeah, I also had a lot of people that would ask me, you know, we're starting a new chapter of our networking organization in this area. Would you come and help us? Because I was so good at that. And there's a lot of work that goes into uh, starting and promoting a networking function. So I thought, well, you know, when I start my own business, I think I'm going to start doing this on my own until my image consulting and modeling business takes off because, you know, I can make good money and this is a good way to meet people. So a year had passed. Uh, during that time frame, I had a website built. I, you know, was doing all the things that I was supposed to be doing. And I remember I put in my two-week notice. I thought, today's the day. I'm going to do it. I put in my two-week notice. I worked my two weeks, Jody, just like everybody else does. That Friday was my last day. I was so excited. And I was like, this is going to be great. And that Monday morning, I woke up. And I'll never forget this. There was a really light rain misting in the background, you know, outside and, and just very overcast. And I remember walking to my dining room window looking out thinking 
oh gosh, what did I just do? You know, <laughs> but I will tell you that was 11 years ago. And I, I tell people I would not trade my worst day as an entrepreneur for my best day in corporate. That's how passionate I am about having my own business. And what's funny is I started my business to get back into the modeling and acting industry. And I do have another business that's affiliated in the, in the fashion and beauty industry, but it didn't work out that way. I actually was so good at doing networking functions. I started doing those. I was making money at it, uh, you know, getting people together at a local bookstore, uh, which was, I think, Borders Books, and I don't even think they're in business anymore, but getting people together at a, a business, ca- you know, for a business meeting in their cafe to have coffee, we'd meet for an hour, and I did this at a couple of different locations, and I did a few lunch events. Then I started doing trade shows. And uh, my image consulting business kind of went to the side a little bit. So, but it really, everything worked out. It just, it was, it definitely wasn't a straight line. And I think a lot of people have that expectation that when you start your own business, you write up that business plan, you write up that marketing plan, and everything is going to go according, you know, as long as you work your plan, everything's going to work out according to the way the plan should work out. And it doesn't happen that way. Um, Now, I will say I'm very glad that things did not happen that way um, because I definitely, you know, with the marketing industry, that's a big part of my business. You know, we have a magazine, we have a talk radio program, and we have another service that we provide for business to business. So it really worked out well. But I, you know, I like to share my story because it's such a varied background. And for those people who have really struggled with finding a job that they're happy with, you might have that entrepreneurial bug inside of you and just not know it. Carrie, I love your story because I'm kind of laughing on the inside because oftentimes, you know, because I'm an entrepreneur as well. I often, you know, meet up with other business owners to just have coffee and get to know each other to see if there is potential in the relationship to grow together. And, you know, one of the questions I ask people to kick off, I'm like, so what's the windy road that led you here? Because never is it a straight line. Like when I'm meeting people and, you know, they're in their business, whether they're one year in their business or 20 years in their business, you know, their story tends to be all over the map. Like, oh, I started here and then I did this and then I did that. But, you know, what's really great is when in the moment that we're coming together, they're also able to acknowledge and everything that led me to this point I'm using in my business right now. It all makes sense. Absolutely. And and like I said, I you know, people are like, you really started out to do image consulting. And it's like, yes. And I still have my Omega Image is the name of the other business that I have. And I still work on that. Um, definitely, it's a passion of mine. It's something that I love doing. But I love the marketing part, too. Um, I also think a lot of people make that mistake, Jody, of thinking that they have to stick with one thing. And, you know, there are so many different products and services that could be complementing what you do that, you know, don't overlook those. Don't think that, oh, you know, if I got into that, it's this other part is going to suffer. You know, sometimes it can be the best thing that could possibly happen to you. Absolutely. And Carrie, I'm, I'm, you know, listening to your story and especially, you know, we, we had some time before we hit record to talk and just hearing your story. You're very articulate. You're very daring. You've gone out there. You've taken risks, you know, and you seem to take it all in stride. And I'm curious, has there been a playing small moment for you? You know, that moment where you've, you know, doubted yourself or undervalued yourself even for a little while. And if you did tell us about it, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
I'm dying here. I'm like, where is the any playing small in this story? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I've had my business. It'll be 11 years in June. And, you know, as I tell everyone, there are ups and downs when you have your own business. That's another mistake I think people make when they go out on their own. They think, oh, I've left corporate. I'm not going to have any more bad days. I'm not going to, you know, everything's going to be great. And you do have bad days. Absolutely. Do I have bad days? Of course. Will I have more? Yes. As long as I keep the doors open to my business, I will have dips in sales. I'm going to have bad days that I, you know, and and I will tell people this. There have been days I've wanted to shut the doors and say, I'm done with this. But it was just a really, really, really bad day. Um, And one thing that I have learned, um, you know, that kind of plays into this question that you're asking me is that, you know, I go back to my modeling experience. My one of my very first mentors, and she is still a good friend to me to this day. She was on the cover of our January, February issue of the magazine, Marsha Dahl Falconberry. And she talked about promotions and how that can help your business. But one thing that she taught me years ago that I had to apply to my business, and I think it's vital for anybody else to apply to their business as well is that, you know, you know, don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And as an entrepreneur in the beginning years, I would think, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And I would take business that I should have never taken. Okay. I've taken on clients that I should have never taken because of that fear. So something she taught me to do is turn your greatest fear into your greatest thrill. So I just kind of changed my outlook on that to say, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, I could get another client. I could sell, you know, some advertising. I could, you know, somebody new is going to come into the business that could be a good employee or a good contractor to work with us. So just changing that mindset and that focus has helped me a lot. Um, Because, you know, when you talk about playing small, and I think so many entrepreneurs do this as well, is that they get to a point where they feel desperate or they feel like I better take this because I don't know, you know, when the next client could come along and they undervalue themselves and they price low or they discount to the point where it really hurts them in the long run. And I've done that Uh, and I won't do it again because what happens is two things that could happen, Jody. Number one is that when you set your prices like that, you have automatically devalued what you do. And you should never do that. And if you have somebody to ask for a discount or they, you know, if they come out and tell you, I can't afford your product or service, Okay, at that point, it changes the playing field. Then you can say, hey, I can, I understand, you know, money's tight. This is what we can do. I would suggest cutting up payments, you know, let it, let them pay half now, half in 30 days. You can always do that, but never lower your prices because as soon as you do that, you, you're working harder for your money. Um, one thing that I did in regards to that story early on is I set an hourly rate for myself that I still have today. And it doesn't mean that you have to charge it, but it it kind of lets you know if you're spending too much time in one area, social media is a good example, you put a dollar amount to your time. And when you do your taxes at the end of the year, you're going to see, okay, we basically wasted, you know, $17,000 because I spent, you know, X amount of hours on social media that did not bring in any revenue. So it really helps to put things in perspective if you do that. Yeah. And I love how you pointed out the example of underpricing yourself because for entrepreneurs, I hear this all the time, right? I'm undercharging, you know, people couldn't afford my rates. So I lower them ahead of time. So I don't have to And for people who have a hard time with the sales conversation, they lower the prices so they don't have to feel awkward. 
in those moments, but not just for entrepreneurs, also for, you know, women who are working within organizations, oftentimes they won't ask for the raise or they'll accept a lower salary. They won't negotiate for it because they're not really present to the value that they bring to the table. And it's so important. I love how you underscored that, that when you accept a lower rate, you are undervaluing what it is that you do. Um, and it hurts our self-esteem, it hurts our self-image. So we really have to get present to the value that we bring so that we don't lower our value and to other people. And just to add on to that, usually what happens is people get really angry with themselves later on, just like I did, you know, that I did that. And then you get stuck in a relationship where you have to sever ties because once you raise your rates, that person leaves and they should have never been there to begin with. And another thing that it will do is they, you know, if you have somebody, they got you to lower their rates, they're in control. So this is, you know, usually what happens is they want to dictate how the project is going to go or, you know, how your work workflow is going to happen. Uh, So never let a client take control of that because all you've done is you've created a job for yourself. You don't have a business, you have a job. Um, And they will tell other people, you know, if they're talking about you that, hey, they do a great job and, you know, this is what she charges. But if you give her a hard time, you know, you can get her down to this amount. And, Mm -hmm. And trust me, those types of people, they do huddle together, you know, because anywhere they can get a discount, those those people gravitate together. Birds of a feather flock together. And that's very true. So you don't want the people that they're going to refer to you anyway, because they're not going to be willing to pay your price. Spot on (laughs) right there. All right, Carrie, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call, an aha moment. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Oh, goodness. I've had several wake up moments. I think one of the biggest ones that I had was years ago, uh, because we have our business has, has evolved so much over the years. But in the early years, when we were doing events, trade shows, networking events, and we weren't just doing them in Florida, we did them in, in Alabama, we did them in North Carolina and DC. Uh, we were we were growing. Um, and what happened is because I had such a successful model, I started to have other people that were spinning off other groups and, you know, trying to kind of lure away my members and, and and just, you know, it really created a lot of competition. And there's nothing wrong with competition if it's healthy, but this was unhealthy competition. And it got to the point where it was getting to me so bad. It was keeping me up at night. It was really bothering me, you know, because my ethics, I would not do something like that. How can I be recruiting people that are doing things of this nature? And I remember I was really unloading on a business colleague of mine and just really needed to bend his ear and say, you know, what do you think I should do? And he listened to me, he let me vent, and he said to me when he when I was done, he said, if you won the lottery tomorrow and you never had to work another day in your life, would you still be doing these events? And that was my aha moment. And I looked at him and I said, I no, I wouldn't. It's too much trouble. And he said, well, there's your answer. Stop doing them. And I thought, wow, it's that simple? <laughs> It's like the answer was right there. But sometimes people, you don't see it in front of you. But that was a huge aha moment for me. And I started phasing out of the event market. And now, you know, we help people with their marketing, but we do it in an entirely different way uh, and a much more beneficial way for them. And I, I had to laugh because I came across the other day, it was a Facebook page and 
it was one of my old domain names that I, I had during that time period when we were doing events. And I noticed somebody else, because we had just let it go, and somebody else had bought it, and they're kind of doing the same thing that I was doing years ago. And I had to chuckle. I thought, well, gosh, I and it looked like she's she's very successful with it, and she's doing well. And I thought, you know, good for her. You know, this is wonderful. I'm glad somebody picked up, because it, it was such a great domain name. And uh, I thought, looks like she's doing really well. But I thought, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago, I would have been furious at this. But now it's like, oh, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, so uh, take things in stride. And if things aren't working, you have to change them. Yeah. And if they're causing that much aggravation, what a great friend to ask you a great question right in that moment. Like, is this even something you want to do? And framing it in a way where you could really think about the question. Right. Because oftentimes if we have it in a reality, you know, we, we frame the question in reality. The answer we give is, well, I have to do this to make money, you know, but when you kind of put it in the, uh, a, a more um, fantastical situation, then we can get honest with ourselves. This isn't something I like doing. And it sounds like this woman is someone who loves putting on those types of events and good for her. Right. We don't have to do it all. You know, we can, you know, there's plenty for everybody, you know, and I can see how you are so much better at marketing and she's better at events and things worked out exactly the way they were meant to work out. So that's fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. And Carrie, it's a great segue because, you know, one question I love asking is what your leadership style is, because we're all so different. Now, there are some fundamentals to leadership, right? We need to be good listeners. We need to build relationships. But there are nuances to how we go about that that really shape our own style. So how would you describe your leadership style? My leadership style is definitely very different for a woman. Um, I do not sugarcoat anything. I will tell people things that they do not want to hear or necessarily would like to hear because sometimes when people come to me, they want to bounce off ideas or let me get your opinion. And I'm not going to tell you what I think you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. Um, so I do things very differently. I'm more of a hands-on, get-it-done type person, and that follows through on my leadership skills. Uh, do, have I had some people that have been following me that don't follow me anymore because of that. They feel it's too abrasive. Absolutely. But I don't want those people following me anyway, because they're not going to, they're not going to do well on the road that I've paved. So I'm more of a, you know, stand on your own two feet type person, get it done, you know, apologize if you need to. Uh, I'm sympathetic, but I'm sympathetic for the right reasons. Um, but if I feel like you, you need a kick, then you're going to get a kick from me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important to know your own leadership style, especially when you're going to be working with other people and hiring a team. So crucial, because you have to find people who can balance you out, but also who can work with you. Absolutely. All right, Carrie, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Well, I'm excited about two things. My main thing that I'm working on right now is our boot camp. Um, we have come up with a 30-day and also a self-paced publicity boot camp that is virtual. It's online, so anybody from anywhere in the world can attend and be part of the boot camp. Uh, publicity is such a huge part of your marketing efforts. I don't think people realize how crucial a role it actually plays uh, in the decision-making for some people to buy from you versus buying from someone else. So we came up 
with the publicity boot camp. This is uh, for specifically for women. Men can join as well, though. We, we've helped a lot of men. But the reason behind me doing it specifically for women is, you know, over the years, having a, a magazine and a talk radio program, you know, we've submit queries all the time. And with our queries that we submit uh, to the public and people come back and they apply for the, you know, specific query, I have found that the ratio for women to men is very low. It's typically for every 10 submissions we have, nine will be male, one will be a female. So our goal with that is to get that number even or a little bit above, uh, because for some reason, most women uh, feel intimidated, I think, by the process, or there's a lot of fear that's playing into their decision-making of, of submitting their information. And I would tell everyone who's listening, don't let fear play a part in this at all. Don't let it hold you back. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, you know, this just popped into my head, so I'm just going to ask it, because I don't know if it's true. Do you feel it's because women you know, just feel an inclination, whether we're raised that way, or it's just kind of our makeup to play supporting roles rather than taking, you know, center stage? It could be playing a role for for certain women. Yes, absolutely. Um, The other aspect that I see too, where women, you know, we have a tendency to hurt ourselves in that regard is that we have a tendency sometimes to talk ourselves out of opportunities. Um, You know, we'll ask a lot of details and, you know, about a certain event that we might want to attend or even, you know, publicity. You know, I'd I'd like to submit my information to this show, but I don't know if it's going to be a good fit. I don't know if it would be the right time. I don't know, you know, how many people listen. And By doing that, we actually talk ourselves out of opportunities. And I do find that more women have a tendency to do that rather than if you, you know, ask a man to, you know, to do something. Do you want to be on the show? Yeah. And it's just, it's done and it's over with. They're not, they're not asking any questions. So I think sometimes our ability to ask too many questions in some regard, it hurts us in regards to ourselves and promoting ourselves. Yes. I have a friend who who um, <laughs> took this quote from another person, but she says it so often. I attribute it to her, but she she'll say to me every now and again, the answer to how is yes. Exactly. And I would <laughs> so, agree with that wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Right. When the opportunity presents itself and you're wondering how you're going to do it, then you need to say yes first and then figure it out. I love it. I do. Too. I love it. That's a great. All right, quote. Okay. All right, Carrie. Now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? One practice that I do, I would say listening. Um, you know, I do have a team of people, and I would say that listening is a huge key in being a, a good leader. You need to listen to your people, listen to what their problems are, where they're having the most trouble. Try to help them figure things out. And listening is a big Eric. So I'm going to I'm going to push you a little bit more because I want I want you to break this down because I think there's gold to be found here. How do you work on becoming a better listener? Well, two things, and I like to talk, so this is this has been a challenge for me. But you know, first <laughs> first comes first is to be quiet. Uh, if you have to talk to a team member, you need to do it one on one. Do it away from the office. I think if you are one-on-one in the office. There's too many interruptions, too many things that could be uh, not happening. Go to lunch, go have coffee, get out of the office, even if you take a walk outside, just to really be able to listen to them. The other thing is, is to take notes of what they're saying, because sometimes, you know, if somebody has to get a lot of things off their chest, or if they are really 
struggling, there's always an underlying reason. And sometimes you can miss a point. So it always is very good to take detailed notes. And if you do that, I find that it actually improves your listening skills. Um, And then I think the last thing would be is just to be open. What do I mean by that is do not prejudge. Don't, um, you know, don't uh, assume that you know what the problem is or assume what you think is contributing to it, because it could be something entirely different that you're not even picking up on. So be open, have an open mind. I love that. Thank you for going there. And Carrie, what is one book that you would recommend to another woman to help her develop her leadership? I have read a lot of leadership books over the years and really honest, and they're all great. One that I do recommend to people is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That's probably by far still the best leadership book out there. Yeah, so great. So classic and so basic written, you know, what, 60, 70 years ago? Yeah. And still still holds true today. (laughs) Love it. And Carrie, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, Trust your gut. Uh, The times that I did not trust my gut, and this still holds true today, uh, I have paid for it dearly. So on so many levels. So if you have something that's going on in your business that, you know, your gut is just there's something there's in the pit of your stomach that you don't feel right about, stop. And until you figure out until that feeling goes away, because your gut is telling you that for a reason. I think women are highly intuitive, more intuitive than men. And we're able to pick up on things that most people don't pick up on. So follow that instinct. It's there for a reason. Mm. And now share with us a quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. The quote that I typically live by, and it's not grammatically correct, so I will apologize for that, but it's not mine, so I can't, it's not my fault. But <laughs> you I, can't correct exactly. it. <laughs> well, actually, and that's, that is the actual quote. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, and the reason that's a mantra for me is because I see so many people, even with their marketing efforts, that things are working for them in their business, or it's, it's the process is working, and then they want more sales. They want to increase things, and they feel like they need to change what they're doing. And that just simply isn't the case. All you have to really do is increase the amount of time that you're spending on that particular activity. I find that when people change things, what you know, they change what they're doing, or they try to, uh, you know, quirk the uh, the whole process. That's when trouble hits, and you know, things. And it's like, oh, I don't know what happened. I don't know why it's so array. So if if it's working for you, don't fix it. And Carrie, lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? The best way for them to connect is on our website if you go to strictlymarketingmagazine.com. Um, and you can actually look at uh, the magazine as you know on the site. We have an online blog with tons of free content on marketing, on advertising, public relations, getting publicity. There's lots of free information in the blog. You can subscribe to the magazine on there as well. You can also listen to our talk radio program right from the site. And any of the events that we have coming up, virtual events, boot camps, publicity boot camps are also on that page as well on the events tab. So that's the best way to uh, reach out to us. We do have a contact us page where you can fill out that form and we'd be happy to get back with you as soon as we can. 
I love it. And for those of you listening, I know you guys are out and about doing stuff. So you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Well, thank you so much, Jody. It was such an honor to be on the program and just so glad I was able to spend time today with you and your listening audience. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.